You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, if you will. We're looking at the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter number 7. And when you find your place there, if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Joshua Chapter number 7, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and we'll kind of skip through this uh, chapter and read a few verses here uh, this evening. Joshua chapter number 7, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of of Israel, and if you will skip down to verse number 19. And the Bible says, And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels weight. Then I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth, in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. And then verse 25, the Bible says, And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And verse 26, And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Amen. And let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would please speak to us now from your word. I pray that you would help us all to be uh, alert. I pray that uh, we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray that we would allow the Word of God to speak to us and give us exactly what we need for tonight. Uh, Lord, we do not know what we'll face this week, but I thank you that you already know, and I believe you've prepared us today from the preaching and teaching and the singing and the time we've been together. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen your church. I pray you'd strengthen your people. And I pray that you would uh, help us, Lord, to stay close to you. I pray that uh, we would walk with you. I pray that we would spend much time this week in prayer, uh, much time in the Word of God. And I pray that we would see you do great and mighty things. May we be more than conquerors through him that loved us this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. And by the way, I was thanking everybody this morning that was here and I forgot uh, Mark Bybee was in the radio room, so thank you to Mark for helping us there. And then tonight, we're so glad to have Brother and Mrs. Schnur. This is Caleb's mom and dad. Of course, they're not strangers here. We love it when they come, and I hope you make them feel welcome. And uh, I'm so thankful for our church. Hard to believe it's already the last day of January. This year is this this month has flown by, and this year is going to be gone before we know it. So uh, let's uh, not miss what God has for us. Uh, in these days. Tonight I'd like to speak to you as we continue our series of having triumph in a troubled life or triumph over a troubled life. The first week, weeks ago, right before Christmas, I guess it was, we uh, talked about Herod, how Herod was troubled because of his pride. 
And you know, pride will always, it will always hurt you. Uh, yes, it may hurt others, but it's always going to come back and it is going to hurt your life. We talked about the next week, the trouble of the unknown. Pharaoh, the Bible says, was troubled. He had a dream. He didn't know the interpretation. He didn't know what was going to happen. And it was the fear of the unknown. And by the way, we said we've got some uh, good news because we know someone who knows the future. He knows the beginning from the end. And I'm glad we can trust Jesus with our future. Then we talked about, and this would have been more about uh, the Apostle Paul's testimony and his experience, but he said, sometimes we're troubled by the burdens of life. We're troubled by the cares of this life and the pressures of this life. And, and how do we get victory over those things? Well, the Bible says we may be cast down, but you don't have to be destroyed. You may get knocked down, and this week you may get knocked down, and you may get beat up a little bit, hopefully not literally, but you may feel like it in your spirit, and your soul, and emotionally maybe, and all that. But can I tell you, we have victory in Jesus. There's no need for the Christian to be defeated because we have victory. Last week, we talked about being troubled because of disobedience. And we looked at the life of Saul, and remember how Saul, he was the king, he had a lot going for him. But he got to a place where he didn't think he had to obey God any longer. And may God help us to never get to a point where we think that we know better than God. And we know better than the book. And well, I've been there and done that. And all. can I tell you, that's a scary place to be when you start to disobey God's word. And you think you know better than God because we don't know better than God. That is for sure. Tonight, we'll look very quickly at Another man who not only had a troubled life, but the Bible says that he was responsible for troubling an entire nation. Can you imagine having that on your record? You not only did something to make your life miserable, and you didn't only make your family uh, miserable, and you didn't only make your, your workplace miserable, but you made your entire nation suffer and be troubled because of that. The man's name is Achan. We get to Joshua 6 and we see the story of Jericho. The children of Israel have crossed over the Jordan River and they're ready to conquer the first city in the promised land. This was the biggest city. This was a fortress city. God gave specific instructions for this city. For instance, God told them the way they would defeat this city was by marching around the city one time every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march around seven times. Now, that may seem strange and that may seem unusual, but how about this? They were supposed to march around the entire city in silence. Some of us would not have been asked to go on that mission, let me tell you. Because they couldn't say a word. They weren't supposed to make any noise with their mouth. You couldn't whistle. You couldn't hum. You couldn't talk. You couldn't, you know, clear your throat. None of that stuff. They're supposed to be. And that was God's way. And God had told them that that was how they would defeat the city. They took the Ark of the Covenant. There were seven priests that were bearing seven trumpets as they marched around the city. And by the way, if you're getting ready to take on a Jericho, you better do it God's way. 
And you better get the Ark of the Covenant, which is a picture of the presence of God. You better make sure God's in it. You better make sure God is on you and God is with you before you try to tackle a Jericho because Jerichos don't come down in our own strength. As a matter of fact, when Jericho did come down, the Bible says they didn't have to lift a finger. They blew the trumpets and they shouted and the walls fell down flat. You know who did that? God did that. God is in the business of knocking down some walls and God can do that in your life and my life. But we get to verse number 17 of Joshua 6 and the Bible says that the city shall be accursed. Even it and all that are therein to the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. So we see that the city was going to be accursed. Interesting. Verse 18, and ye in any wise keep yourselves from, don't touch, uh, don't, don't try to get anything that is accursed in the city, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. There's the warning. God said, don't touch it. Now, the accursed thing was not anything that of itself was wicked. They weren't, they weren't messing with witchcraft. They weren't messing with uh, uh, false gods and, and, and idols that the heathen, that wasn't it. It wasn't that thing that of itself was bad. But these were things, these were items that were devoted to God. That word accursed means that they were literally, they were devoted to be destroyed. God said, you're not going to keep these things. We're going to destroy the city. And then the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron, that would be taken to the treasury. That belonged to God. Now, it's interesting because this was the first city. This was the best city. I believe it's a picture of the tithe. God deserves and God requires the first of our increase. And God said, you're going into Canaan and Jericho, the first city, you can't have it. He said, I'm going to give you all the rest, but the first one belongs to me. Just like God deserves and God requires the first day of the week. Sunday, it's the Lord's day. It's the first day of the week. Now, by the way, I'm thankful that every day belongs to God and I'm thankful everything belongs to God, but God requires the tithe. God requires the first day for worship. God requires the best that we have. God's not interested in our leftovers. Now, God's not interested in us doing everything we want to do and then squeezing God in. God wants the best. That was Jericho. It was the accursed thing. It was devoted to destruction. Verse 18, they were warned to keep themselves away from it. Don't touch it, he said. Verse 19, the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated. They're, they're dedicated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20, the wall fell down. Verse 21, the Bible says they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. Everything was destroyed like God said. Verse 24, they burned the city with fire, but they saved the silver and the gold and brass and the iron for the treasury of the Lord. But then verse number 26, Joshua even issued a warning. He said, hey, cursed is anybody that comes in here and tries to rebuild this city. He said, this city belongs to God. This city was, was, it was done to this city what God said we should do. It was destroyed. It was burned. And then we get to verse number uh, 20, 
uh, 7, the Lord was with Joshua. But then we get to chapter 7, verse number 1. They have just won a battle against the biggest, strongest city in Canaan. And you would think that it would be smooth sailing from here, but not so. Verse 1 of chapter 7, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the name Achan literally means troubler. He was the one. He was, by the way, he was the only one. There was only one person out of an entire nation, out of an entire people, only one person that disobeyed, one person that took something that belonged to God and took it for himself, but because of him, verse 1, it says, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. We see that they go into the next battle. They go to fight against Ai, and they won the battle at Jericho so easily, they sent a few thousand men. They said, hey, this will be a piece of cake. They went, and in that battle, the children of Israel were defeated. They were sent on the run, and 36 soldiers died in that battle. You want to know how many died in Jericho? Zero. You want to know why those soldiers died in the battle of Ai? Because of the sin of one man who decided... He wasn't going to take some wicked stuff. He wasn't going to take a bunch of false gods. He was just going to take some things that God had said, don't touch because they belong to me. He committed a trespass, verse number one. He took of the accursed thing. The anger of the Lord was kindled. Nobody knew what Achan had done except for Achan and his family and God. The battle of Ai ended in disaster. The Bible says that they were defeated. 36 men were killed. And notice verse 5. It says, The men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Can you imagine that, that roller coaster they were on? They just defeated Jericho. They've just come through the Jordan River. They've just seen great victory. And now they lose a battle they should have won. And they don't even know why. They're in shock. They are in uh, deep depression and discouragement. Their hearts, literally, the Bible says, melted like water. Verse 6, Joshua's response he rent his clothes. He fell upon the earth and called out to God. And uh, verse number seven, he said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? Did you bring us across the Jordan just to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say? He said, Lord, what am I going to tell the people when they, they turn their backs before their enemies and the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and they shall environ us round about. They'll surround us and they'll cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Joshua, can you tell Joshua's discouraged? The leader, the man that led them to Jericho, the man that led them on the conquest of, of, of Canaan. And Joshua says, Lord, what in the world are we going to do? Verse number 10, God said to Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? 
Israel hath sinned. They have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have also taken of the accursed thing and have stolen. And what's that next word in verse number 11? And dissembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. That word dissembled is an interesting word. It means to conceal. It means to hide. And can I tell you, Achan obviously would be another example of a man who was troubled because he disobeyed God. But I want to take it a step further and say this. When you and I cover our sin, when we don't confess our sin, when we try to hide our sin, when, and by the way, how foolish is that to try to hide sin from a God who sees everything? I mean, some of you know you tried to hide things from your parents and you couldn't even get away with that. And you think you're going to hide something from God who sees everything and knows everything. He knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. You're not going to hide anything from God. But Achan tried. He dissembled. He hid it even among his own stuff. Verse number 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. God said, you took of the thing that was devoted to destruction. And God said, I devoted you to destruction. I let your enemies have victory over you because you did not obey me because you took something and you tried to hide it. Verse 13, up, sanctify the people. Here's, the, here's the, uh, uh, the, the thing to do. Here's the way to fix it. He said, hey, you better get up, Joshua. You better sanctify, set apart the people, and you better get this thing dealt with and say, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. I want you to notice very quickly, Number one, I see there was a trespass. The trespass, it was a sin. They disobeyed God. It was one man, Achan, one man that disobeyed God, but one man's sin had an effect on the entire nation. Can I tell you tonight, I am so thankful that God is merciful and God is gracious. I'm glad that God is forgiving, but God is not going to be able to forgive you and he's not going to be able to forgive me until we're willing to admit that sin and confess it to God. Could Achan have gotten forgiveness? I believe so. Had Achan gone to Joshua before they went to Ai and said, Joshua, I shouldn't have taken this and, 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 and God, I'm sorry. And had Achan fallen on his face and had he repented of his sin, I think he could have found forgiveness. But he didn't confess it. He decided to go and put it in his tent and try to hide it in the ground. You know what's so, so crazy about that? Achan sinned and he never even got to enjoy it. And by the way, there is pleasure in sin, but it's just for a season. Boy, people think they're going to have a great time and people think they're going to live a, a high old life and a high old time. And you know what they find? That the pleasure doesn't last very long, but the consequences come knocking very, very quickly and they find that their sin is not as fun as was advertised. We're all sinners. We are all dead in trespasses and sins. And what we do with that sin determines if we will experience forgiveness or if we will have to experience the consequences. 
Joanna tells our girls, I've heard her tell them this often. I tell them the same thing. But when our girls, when they do something wrong, the punishment is a whole lot worse when they try to hide it, when they try to cover it, when they try to lie about it. If they'll come clean, if they'll be honest, can I tell you, it's a whole lot better for everybody. And friend, when we come clean with God and when we get honest with God and when we fall on our face and confess our sin before God, can I tell you, it's a whole lot better for all of us when we get it right with God. Number one, there was trespass. Number two, there was trouble. Achan's sin troubled him. You say, how do you know it troubled him? Because he had to take those garments, he had to take those valuables, and he had to go back and he had to sneak back to his tent. He had to get down on the ground in that tent and he had to dig in that sand and dig deep enough to try to get it all. And then he had to smooth it out and then he had to put something over it. And then he had to put all of his family on a gag order. You can't talk about it. You can't tell anybody. And how many of you know families are not good at keeping secrets. How many of you know that, all right? You got a family member like that? How many of you know children can't keep a secret to save their lives? And you know what Achan was worried about? He was like, oh no, I've done this, I've stolen this, I'm hiding this, and now I gotta try to keep it under wraps. And can I tell you, he was a miserable human being because of his sin, the trouble. Sin always brings trouble. It brought trouble to the entire nation. Number three, the truth. The Bible tells us that Joshua gathered all the tribes and all the families together and it was discovered. God showed him. God revealed that it was Achan who had sinned. Number three, the truth. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. We have not done this in so long. But my wife and I, before we had children, we used to enjoy watching some of those uh, cold case files. And it'd be, the, it'd be the most amazing story. There was a, a murder that had been committed 30 years ago and some boys are out playing in a creek and they find this old rusty gun and they turn it in and lo and behold, the forensics or whatever, they come out and they solve a murder after 30 years and people say there's no way in the world that they found that down in the... Mo oh yeah, be sure your sin will find you out. And it may not always be discovered right away. And it may not always be this week or this month or this year. But can I tell you, be sure your sin will find you out. Whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. The wages of sin is death. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's why we must be honest with God. That's why we must confess our sin. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to cover it. Deal with it. Get it right. Read Psalm 51 later for an example of somebody who waited too long, but at least he came clean. And at least he got right with God. He experienced cleansing and he experienced forgiveness. David in Psalm 51. I see the trespass. I see the trouble. I see the truth. Number four, I see the tragedy. We've already talked about it, but let me just give you quickly the list. The tragedy, Achan lost his life. His family lost their lives. They were killed because of daddy's sin, because of the husband's sin. 36 men lost their lives in battle. There were 36 families who lost their dad in a battle that they should not have lost anybody 
There were 36 funerals that should not have taken place, and it all went back to the sin of one guy, Achan. The nation of Israel was defeated in battle. They were discouraged. The tragedy is that the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people. Can I tell you, I don't need the anger of God. I don't need the wrath of God on my life. I need the blessing of God. I need the favor of God. I need for God to look upon my life and to smile. And I understand when he sees us, he sees the blood. I understand when he sees us, he sees the righteousness of his son. But can I tell you, as we preach this morning, our sin bothers God and our sin must be dealt with. If it is not, there will be tragedy. The anger of the Lord was kindled. The hand of God was removed from his people. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, but... I always think about Samson. Samson who had the hand of God. He had the spirit of God upon him. But the Bible says in Judges, I think it's chapter 16. But it says that Samson, there came a day that he wist not. He didn't even know that the spirit of God had departed from him. And I want to tell you, that's a fear that I have. That someday I'll be up preaching thinking that I've got it figured out and I'm doing it my own strength, my own ability, my own, ex my own experience. And someday I'll be preaching and the Spirit of God will be gone and I won't even know it. I can't imagine getting up to sing in a choir without the Spirit of God. I can't imagine standing up in a Sunday school class. I can't imagine getting on a bus route or going to a master club or going to a junior church. Or I can't imagine trying to raise a family or be a good husband or be a good father and not have the Spirit of God. Friend, I want to tell you, when sin comes and sin is not dealt with, you see the hand of God, the blessing of God removed from a life. It is my fear, and I've told you this before, but it is my fear that the hand of God would ever be removed from this church. Can I tell you, it's happened to churches. It's happened in ministries. And may God help us not to try to hide sin or cover sin, but may God help us to deal with sin and be right with God so that it would never be said that Ichabod, the glory is departed from this place. Lastly, I see the triumph. The triumph is found in verse number 26. You say, no, no, that's the tragedy. Well, it was a tragedy for Achan and his family, but it was triumph for the people of God and for the cause of God because the sin was dealt with and it says the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor. That literally means, Achor means trouble. That place, they always said, that valley right there, that's where we had trouble. And that's where we had to deal with trouble. But hallelujah, they dealt with it. And hallelujah, they got victory. And then in chapter 8, verse number 1, the Lord said unto Joshua, he said, hey, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Get all the people and you are going to battle again. And this time he said, I'm going to deliver the people of Ai into your hands. We see triumph. We see that sin was dealt with. We see the blessing of God returned and the power of God returned. And we see that God had victories for his people to win. You know, one reason why you and I need to get right with God is because God's not done with you. 
God's still got some victories for you. God's still got some prayers that need to be answered. God's still got some people that need to be saved that you can win and you can reach. And God's got some children we need to raise. And God's got some homes that need to be strengthened. And God's got a work for us to do. And God has victories in store for those who will get right with God. God will not. And we see in this example and we see all throughout Scripture, God will not and God cannot use a dirty vessel. The Bible tells us that we are vessels and we should be vessels unto honor that are sanctified, that are holy and set apart and meet for the master's use. Notice with me, if you would, chapter 7, verse number 13. The answer that God gave to Joshua, how were they going to get this ship turned around? How were they going to get back on track? Chapter 7, verse 13. He said, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves. In other words, it's time to confess our sin and it's time to get right with God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.